So yes. we've we've got some some viewers in here already. Let's let's get some taps on the screen, guys. Uh, you know, if you're uh, listening to this from the recorded version, this is uh, the Culture of Splath podcast, and we are actually live on TikTok instead of Facebook, our normal home. Um, We're coming up. Yeah, I mean, I would say technically it's already beating Facebook because we've got 11 people in here. Um, <laughs> right now and that's not counting us i don't think it it does anyway we'll see in the statistics um so yeah you'll see you'll hear me throughout the the podcast say tap the screen stuff like that you know that's just because we're live if you want to join us maybe you'll find us live on tiktok you got to follow us on all of our social media culture of splaff everywhere right at culture of splaff josh's head which should be right down there is uh our our main page um you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just here uh, hosting it on my account. Uh, maybe Josh will get up to a thousand followers one day and I'll host it off the Culture of Splath account. Who knows? Um, and he can be Josh Crago. Um, then, we, then we've got the Culture of Splath podcast account there that, uh, you know, is obviously the same exact thing. But anyway, that's beside <laughs> the point. What are we talking about tonight, gentlemen? Man, first off, guys, I got to tell y'all that I found Pop Rocks yesterday. What? Where? Did I found you, so the time rocks. machine worked. Yes, yes. Got so the my flux son capacitor set in, right? Say again, right? The flux capacitor was was fully functioning. Yes, definitely. So my son had a science project, and this was completely my fault that we waited to get the pop rocks until the last day. But Saturday we were at Publix, looked for them there. They didn't have them. I was like, eh, hey, no big deal. We'll get them when we're out the next time. So that led us to yesterday. And uh, I checked CVS, Walgreens, Winn-Dixie, Target, Walmart. And then my wife posted something on the fifth grade Facebook chat room or whatever for our school. And somebody said they had them at the Shell Station on Overton Road. Wow. So if you're listening out there and you want Pop Rocks, you can find them at the Shell Station on Overton Road in Birmingham, Alabama, of course. So it might be a little bit of a trek for you. But yeah, I love that we, were able to do the, we were able to do the experiment last night. He was able to turn it in as if we hadn't been searching all over the world for Pop Rocks. So there you go. <laughs> the teacher was none the wiser, unless the teacher is in the podcast watching right now. And if so, there's my bad. a good chance that's not happening. Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> so Very not everything good is bad with gas companies then, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Guys, I have too much stuff to do on here now. It's it's ridiculous all of the uh, all of the settings and all of the things that I can do. We can uh, we can just do all kinds of stuff. Um, I just uh, we I love don't shiny objects. What to think of it? There are so many shiny objects, so many buttons to press. I have not flipped my camera around yet, which was sort of my go-to move for the first four episodes of the Culture of Splife podcast. Um, where I just flipped the camera around and, uh, you know, showed off the junk that is in front of me, basically, that you guys don't get to see. Um, so let's uh, let's move on to our actual topics. Not just, uh, sorry, my finger's getting in the way. I'm just uh, kind of pushing buttons here. Uh, so, uh, so what are we talking about tonight? We had a dunk contest. Well, yeah, we sure did. What did you guys think about the dunk contest? Hopefully it's back. Yeah. 
right? I, I was just about to say, uh, Prego, uh, Matt McClung literally saved the dunk contest with, with, with what he did. And then just his story behind being, you know, on a, on a two-way contract and just, you know, coming up like he did. And then just the, the dunks he was doing was just like, just ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's just not, you know, taking it off the backboard, going behind the back. I mean, that was the creativity we've been longing for. And, and how fitting is it to go, to, uh, to come from, you know, a player that's barely even in the NBA that had just like an amazing story of being in and out of the league on 10-day contracts. Absolutely. I mean, it it completely reminded me of when D. Brown won the dunk contest. And the reason I say that exactly, when he did that dunk, if you remember, I think he only needed like a 42 or something to win the yep. dunk contest. And so I thought he just jumped up and, and dunked it from like, you know, two or three steps inside the free throw line. And then when they showed the replay, it was clear that his eyes were covered. And that's the way that I felt about McClung. Like his dunks looked unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then when they were in slow motion and you saw that the first one, he hit the backboard mm -hmm. and then reversed it. And then another one, I can't... I, I can't remember which one it was, but it literally looked like he hit a pause button. He paused in the air. He went down like this and stopped. And then down again, and then wow. I was like, wow. Unbelievable. I mean, he was totally on another level creativity-wise with everybody else, although I did think that some of the judging was rather generous for some of the uh, pedestrian dunks that we saw <laughs> from some of the other ones, but but again, it goes into what we just said. Like he literally has been a savior to uh, the slam dunk uh, contest, and hopefully he can get a more permanent contract in the NBA. So that's that's a great storyline to go with it. And and obviously he has proven white man can jump. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, um, I, I didn't watch it live. I of course heard about it. Y'all know I, I'm not I'm not the biggest NBA fan. Um, there is so, uh, but, but things like that do renew a sense of, uh, a sense of, uh, spark, right. And, uh, in, an interest in the NBA, um, you know, in any sport, you know, you could say that, right. You know, you do some of those events, they're kind of, kind of almost like they're for the kids, right. Mm -hmm. You're, you're doing it for the kids, but in reality, you know, you're doing it for the people like me, the lost fans that you're going to, you're going to get back eventually. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you're going to win over because they have a podcast and their two friends make them watch the NBA so that they'll have things to talk about on um, Tuesday night, um, <laughs> typically Monday nights, but you know, holidays happen. But, but the, the awesome thing to me about that is that um, it's, it's one of my favorite NBA statistics that dude just played what two games this year, right? Mm. He's played two games total. He played two two total. for the Lakers and a game for the Bulls. Mm -hmm. Two games total. So they were, they were not this year at all. No, so no, no, no. That's fantastic. And even better. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, like there's the, um, there's the Shaquille O'Neal, like, three-point statistic, right? Um, you know, how many times he made a three-pointer in the NBA or whatever. Um, you know, like, ridiculous stuff that you're like, wait, what? You know, and so so now 
I get to brag about the fact that the contest winner this year in 2023 has only played two more games than I have in the NBA, right? Well, he's played so, the same amount of games you have this year. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, in, in 2023, we're, we're tied. That's right. But let's not forget, though, that this guy won the rookie of the year in the G League. Yes. So it's not like he was some scrub who can dunk. And he was an amazing guy in college as well. That's uh, right. So. He was at Georgetown, and then he transferred to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of guys in the in the G League this year that were those one and dunners that decided to mm-hmm. sign with the G League instead of going to college. Um, what's his name? Scoop Henderson or something like that? I, I don't know. He was in the, the Rising Stars game. There were a couple guys yeah. that were like – ESPN two, three, five type guys who opted for the guaranteed money contracts, you know, to uh, get endorsements and things like that. Um, ESPN eight, the Ocho. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> no, I forget no what doubt. movie that was from. Was it Dodgeball? Is that what? <laughs> what movie I that think was that's from? Right. I think that's yeah, right. I think you're right on that. Yeah, uh, I think Sharif now, Cooper now, was in the G League, right? Sharif yes, Cooper yes, from he Auburn. Was. I think he was a top 10, 15 pick a couple years ago. So, uh, so a lot of talent in the G League. So he won Rookie of the Year. Pretty impressive. And, you know, speaking of for the kids, like you just mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Tolbert, and I know, uh, Crago, you were mentioning this pregame for us. Uh, just the fact that the All-Star game should be about All-Stars putting on an exhibition for the fans uh, of, of the league and how we have a huge void of that. And I think you mentioned – uh, Stephen A., someone you rarely agree with about as often as an eclipse. Uh, <laughs> but he said something today that really resonated with all of us. Uh, Josh, what was that? Definitely. So he blamed the dunk contest being trash on LeBron James. And uh, it was Stephen A. Smith and Brian Windhorse that were, that were speaking. And Stephen A. was doing the majority of the speaking. Imagine that. And uh, but he asked Brian Windhorse, why would LeBron never participate in the in the dunk contest? And Brian said, well, LeBron thought he should have been an all star his rookie year. And since he wasn't an all star, since he wasn't deemed an all star, he decided that he just wasn't going to participate in the dunk contest. And it's just kind of stuck from there. But one thing that I didn't tell you in the pregame, which was very interesting LeBron James participated in the dunk contest in the McDonald's All-American dunk contest and whatever that was. And um, had the dunk contest not been in Cleveland, Akron, wherever it was, Mm -hmm. he would have lost to Shannon Brown. He actually didn't do well in the dunk contest at all. So it could be a combination of his feelings are still hurt from 2003 uh, but also it could be he's afraid that he'll lose in front of a national audience. Not that he hasn't done that in the finals a million times, but um, he just doesn't want to do it in a dunk contest, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I do feel like that there's some fear of failure uh, in that. Um, and then one of the things that we mentioned is the unfortunate thing is that mentality has empowered other uh, all-stars who we love watching dunk and who we love being on Sports Center's top ten of dunks for that evening, just deciding that they they they're just going to pass as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's why why we 
are talking about two-way players winning the slam dunk competition because we can't find people who are in the NBA that want to do it. Right. That's exactly right. You know, part of me is just kind of like, boo-hoo, suck it up, buttercup. Do your thing, man. Like, I, I, I hate to say it, you know, because, like, like I, I'm all about – all about your individual liberties and getting to choose your own path in life. But there's certain things that you just, you know, it's a rite of passage. You just got to do it, you know, like, Hey, it's like prom. You probably don't want to go to prom. Like it's not your idea of a good Mm -hmm. time, but it's a rite of passage. You got to do it. You just, you just go through it. I mean, I don't understand even going back to high school. Well, I had to walk across some stage and have some guy that looked like Lurch from the Adams family hand me my diploma, but it happened. I had to do it. It's a rite of passage. We all sat there in ceremony and clapped our hands and congratulated all these people we're not going to talk to in the next, you know, rest of our lives. But you just got to do it. So, like, uh, who cares if you win or lose? Honestly, I'll be completely honest with you. I remember the from from the football perspective. You know, the Pro Bowl weekend used to be a huge event all weekend long. They crammed it all into a couple of days this go-round. I think I like it better. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember anything. I don't remember who hit the the tire that was swinging on a rope from 200 yards away. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. Like, who cares? You just do it, and you get it over with, and you're done. And you, you don't look like the bad guy. But, you know, I feel like everybody's got a little WWE in them now this day and age inside of sports and they want to make it sports entertainment when all we're here to see you is, you know, play, play your sport. I mean, just think about what, how must see TV it would be if the finals of the slam dunk competition were LeBron against John Morant. Like LeBron at 38 years old, 20 years in the NBA, still throwing it down the way that he does. And that's what Stephen A. Smith talked about. He basically has a dunk contest during warm-ups before games. Right. So why not just do it in front of a huge national audience? But you're exactly right. It used to be, oh, you talked about in pregame, right? That you had to be an all-star to participate in in these contests back in the day. And now – all stars don't really want to participate. No, I mean, I mean, in the in the late eighties, early nineties, it was one of those things for us where we looked forward to the the, the highlight of the All Star Weekend was Jordan against Dominique in the slam dunk competition. When I mean, we, we couldn't wait for that to happen. So exactly, that's exactly not right. anymore. No doubt. So y'all ready to talk some trivia? Speaking of uh, Uncle Joe, bring it on. Let's talk some trivia. Okay, okay. So we've got a new audience tonight. And I say we've got a new audience. I'm touching my phone and stuff and uh, and everything. We've got a new audience tonight. So, Josh, explain the rules. What is Uncle Joe's trivia? So, Uncle Joe's trivia is named from uh, my uncle-in-law. Is that a thing? Uh, who at uh, Thanksgiving holiday events, he'll kind of pull me aside and hit me with a good sports trivia question. And so as I was trying to come up with a name for this segment, other than calling it the trivia segment or whatever I was calling it, I just thought Uncle Joe's just sounded more personable. 
And so the biggest thing about Uncle Joe is that Uncle Joe didn't have the Googles, the Yahoos, the Ask Jeeves, if you will, for our older audience. If you remember Ask Jeeves, Uncle Joe had to use his brain for trivia. So when I ask these trivia questions, I'm not looking for the person who can search on Google the fastest and comment. I'm looking for the person who's going to think long and hard and guess, hypothesize, you know, just just think who this could be. <laughs> and and so, one of the things that, yeah, we always even talk about with that is it creates so much interaction when people are, are always trying to uh, put their heads together to come up with it or even debate, which is comedy. Uh, me and Drew at one point had to put our heads together to, to come up with one of Uncle Joe's trivia questions uh, in, in one of our pregames a few weeks ago. And that and Tag that was really champions. cool for us. Right here. Tag That's Team right. Champions. Yes, right. Back so again. By the way, guys, y'all don't know what's going on in the background here. The face that I was making while you're – it's probably going to be immortalized because I – Planned on getting that clip out of this uh, out of the out of the podcast to explain what the heck Uncle Joe's trivia is, but um, I accidentally invited somebody to go live with us. <laughs> Luckily, they left the room, so that that was what the face was. I was like, no, I don't think you want to go live. Um, so we almost had a guest host uh, accidentally. So there you go. Get used to this new navigation. Just drop in. That's right. <laughs> All right, so. If you're listening again, just don't cheat. Just think of it like you're at the bar. It's sports trivia night, and you have to have your phones put away. Just use your head and come up with some some guesses. And as Rod said, it can get very uh, very exciting as people are fighting back and forth like they did with my <laughs> Michael Jordan trivia. Oh, man, ago. that was good. That was good. <laughs> so the first question of the night is, as we all know, Mac McClung – participated in the dunk contest and he has a two-week contract with the Philadelphia 76ers and we don't know if that's because he wanted to participate in the dunk contest so they made him you know they signed him for a contract or whatever but there are two players in the history of the three-point contest that were able to participate while not under contract with an NBA team Name those two basketball players. This should be a good one right here. That one is a tough one. Definitely. The second question, also three-point contest related. We know that Kevin Herter didn't have his best night shooting the three ball. He, he only get water from a boat. <laughs> he only had eight points out of what is the the possible thirty? It actually may be even higher than that because I, I think, think it's like more bonus balls now. Yeah, they got those two like three point balls, so it's like at least like thirty six now or something like that. Yeah, because now that I remember, I think Lillard had thirty one in the in the first uh, round. Yeah, Halliburton had 31 in that, in that preliminary round. Man. Okay, Halliburton. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So this makes it even worse for Herder that you have more chances and you get less. Right, exactly. So Kevin Herder made eight points in the entire round that he was able to participate. But that is not the worst round in the history of the three-point contest. There is one player that made less shots, had less points 
than Kevin Herter. And I'll give you a hint. It is an NBA player. <laughs> <laughs> this should be a good one. A real good one. Very yeah. important that they should uh, should know that. All right. So here's a, here's here's something cool. Okay, guys, we're live on TikTok now. And uh, I haven't uh, I haven't shared this with you that we are going to have this ability to do this. Let me find it again within all the buttons here. I set it up and now I've lost it. This is fantastic. There are too many buttons for me to press. <laughs> and that is uh, it's hilarious to me because that's always whenever we have more people come in is whenever I'm scrambling here trying to find something. <laughs> um, we'll just make sure to edit all this out. All right. Right here, Josh. I know your wife is probably not watching live. Uh, mine is. So maybe we'll get some votes in here. So here we go. Let's do it right here. And there you have it, guys. All right. <laughs> so for those of you that are watching this you, Katie. in syndication or potentially listening later, um, I just dropped a poll in the chat. So now everybody that comes into this room will have to answer the question, Coke or Pepsi? Uh, it's been a uh, heated debate here. I don't even know. I can't wait to see these results. <laughs> I, I don't know that it's been a debate at all. Um, but hopefully these folks that are just running in and out will uh, will give us some answers to our poll. We've had a, about 150 people in here. So, uh, so you know, hopefully the next 30 minutes-ish will go the same and we'll get a, we'll get some answers uh, to some, some, some much wait. debated questions on the Culture of Splash podcast, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. I showed you all that picture that I that I saw or uh, the uh, little box that I saw that was tips for Coke and Pepsi at a local restaurant here. I couldn't believe it. And maybe it's the same thing as when you bought a black Honda Civic in 1992. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, everybody had a black Honda Civic. That, that could be what it is. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I've been to that restaurant hundreds of times and I've never seen that box there. Mm -hmm. So, oh, well, Coke one, Pepsi it's two. It's Amber 08. Katie yep. will be happy with that response. <laughs> Yeah, Kason would say Coke too. So that's that's my family. That's the vote right there. So it would be it would be it would be three to two um, would be the uh, the final vote in my household of Coke versus Pepsi. Wow. The two little ones, they're young though. They don't know any better, right? <laughs> they just know it's sugary and they like it. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we'll Our see if we get any answers here. Um, other than from family members, Katie's yep. trying to, to log on to TikTok as we speak, so she's got to drive <laughs> that up. <laughs> you know, we are very old, so uh, I couldn't spell TikTok till just a couple months ago. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was amazing last night. Josh and I had a dry run at this whole TikTok thing going live, and uh, I had to coach his uh, 13 year old through how to, how to get him live. She successfully did it, though. It was great. <laughs> we we had uh, had her kind of kind of like the profile here, like you know, like hey, you're gonna you're gonna do this and everything. We were trying a couple of different things. Ultimately, it didn't work out what we were trying to do, but uh, but it was it was still good fun. She 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 had a learning experience, right? That's, That's what right. it's all about. And her dad got a teaching experience out of it. 
That's for sure. Still learning. <laughs> I, I am too. Again, I haven't flipped around my camera yet, so I may have invited some random stranger to join us on our podcast, but I haven't shown off my ladder and unfinished wall yet. So I'm 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 doing good. All right. Let's get to the next topic, which is Mr. Bracketologist up the top. Right? Indeed. Let's talk, talk some brackets here, Rod. All right, um, let's you do know, that. Okay, okay. Hold on, let me all, let me introduce Mr. Rod Bradley real fast, because he's a very humble man. He's a very humble man. <laughs> but from a bracketology standpoint, he has no reason to be humble. Why do you think that is, Drew? Oh, gosh. I, I, it, it's a national ranking, and it varies from day to day. Um, and, and from hour to hour, I feel like, um, because his, his ranking is always changing. Um, so, so where is he ranked nationally in bracketology? I didn't look it up, but the last I saw, wasn't it like 22? Uh, yeah, I've been as high as number two in the world. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so that, that means nothing to most people that aren't bracketologists, True. right? But mm -hmm. as you look at that ranking, even if you get all the way down to 22 where Rod is, guess who's below Rod? Well below Rod. Yeah, we're, we're talking about like Lenardi. number 88. Yeah. Listeners, have you heard of Joe Lenardi? He's 88. And then beneath him is Jerry Palm. I mean, we're talking about like one, almost like 130. Right. So... Without further ado, here is Rod Bradley, who shouldn't be with us. He should be on SportsCenter right now, talking about the impact of Tennessee losing to Texas A&M tonight, perhaps. <laughs> I, I mean, that was a good game, but I, I mean, ultimately, in, in, in my bracket, that, that would have some impact. You're exactly right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, this has been something that I've loved to do for a number of years now. Uh, one of the things that, that really got me into it was just kind of looking around like, you know, these bracket people here, I mean, like, this doesn't even make any sense. I think I could probably do better than them. I mean, we say this all the time. So I decided, let me let me go ahead and actually try to do that. And so I started it, and every single year, uh, my bracket has done much better than all the people that we look at. And, and I do find it funny that, um, like if you're watching ESPN and, you know, the talking heads are like, well, uh, you know, the impact of this is Joe Lenardi has them at, you know, a four seed now because of this. Well, Joe Lenardi, I, I will at least give him credit here. I actually met him um, like maybe eight years ago. And, you know, he used to shout me out as well with, with my brackets and everything. And then all of a sudden uh, I started gaining all this traction and beating him. And of course that's, that ended subsequently. So, uh, but, but what's, what's crazy about it is he does usually with, with the exception of one or two teams, he can get everybody right. That's in the field. And so that's kind of been like his stick and what he's been at least good to decent on, but traditionally he's been terrible at seed lines He's been really bad at like the bracketing principles of, as far as like where people go or how they're seated, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But it's just ironic that anytime like 
you know, if 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 uh, a top team loses, they're like, you know, well, well, well Lenardi, where is he going? Or Jerry Palm, which Jerry Palm has just been bad all around. Like, I mean, with whether it's the teams getting them right or whether it's, you know, where they're going to be seated, he's just been really, really bad at that. And, and traditionally, I can get anywhere from between 40 to 50 of the seeds, like, exactly right. And typically the other ones, I'm within one seed. And there's usually just a couple of them I'm maybe within, like, one or two seeds of. So I've, I've been pretty good at, about that uh, through the years. And it's just been me. I mean, there's been some some folks that actually were on like CBS because they won the bracket and they were so good at it. But it was like a team of like 10 people. So so I'm, I'm a big math guy. You know, analytics has pretty much been in my job title for, you know, a decade now. And uh, today I thought I was like, you know what, I'm going to get Rod in his nonsense today. I actually shared it on Twitter. Uh, on my personal account, uh, he, of course, you know, posts to Culture of Splife. And uh, I, I thought it was worth a share because uh, I noticed something unique about the polls today. And, you know, when, when you're thinking about the bracketology and a big mathematical formula, you know, part of that consideration does have to be polling versus where where somebody's at in their own conference. You know, you've got to take mm -hmm. all the things into consideration. And what I noticed was weird today is that um, – when the polls came out, you had um, Arkansas and Missouri that were actually received votes in the polls. So they'd be mm -hmm. like, you know, if the poll went to 40, they'd be in the polls, but they're not yeah. in the poll because it doesn't go to 40. Um, and, and and Auburn was not, which y'all know that's my team, right? Of course, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm checking up and I'm like, why the heck isn't Auburn? Because they're above these guys in the in the standings. And I was like, ooh, what does Rod's look like? And by God, you had them all like properly ranked. I was like, man, I was going to poke holes in this bad boy. <laughs> and, and like, you're, you're paying some close attention to the, not again, not only the polls, the top 25 polls, but also where they're hitting in their divisions. Right. I, I mean, there's a lot of that, that, that goes into it where it's just not like you just said, just the polls. A lot of it goes into, uh, what they would say would be like your quad one wins, which for uh, any of our listeners, that would be if you be the team that was in the top 30 when you were at home, that's considered a quad one quality win. If you be the team that was at least within the top 75 when you were on the road, that's considered one. Or if you be the uh, a team that was like within the top 50 on a neutral site, that's considered like a, a quad one win. So, Oftentimes, polls are just like kind of like football. Like if if you lost this past week and the other teams didn't, regardless of who they play, you move up, they move down, right? So, but then when you start looking at like those numbers and that almost kind of goes into what we even look at with the college playoff and, and so forth and so on, uh, that's that deeper dive when we start looking at, okay, well, I mean, you know, aside from polls, you've, you've beaten – you know, you, you've got like eight quad one wins. This team might be ranked 10 spots ahead of you, but they only have like three quad one wins. So, you know, if I'm doing a bracket, you know, this team here, is, the, the bracket's going to look a lot different than what the polls look like. For sure. I saw yesterday after Kansas uh, squeaked out the, the victory against uh, TCU mm -hmm. at TCU, the talking heads on ESPN were saying 
Kansas should be the number one overall seed. How do you feel about that based on their quad one wins this year? Well, the other problem with, with ESPN and all the other people, um, and, and then like, here's the thing that's funny. Like on the, on uh, selection Sunday, you'll get like somebody's like, I can't believe this. This is a crime, baby. What happened? You know, I mean, you know, that's what they will, they'll say, but it's always reactionary. Like, you know, I mean, it'd be like, oh, Duke beat North Carolina today and they won by a lot. So they should go from uh, an eight seed to a four seed. You know, I mean, like that's just but that's 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 how we react. Not realizing there's 30 other games played this year. I mean, you know, what did you do over the course of, of this body of work? And, and so um, Kansas has had a, a very tough schedule. They've, they've won a lot of games. But when you look at uh, Alabama, uh, the quad one wins that Alabama has, the fact that Alabama is, is, is ahead in, you know, one of the toughest conferences around and what they've been doing to teams. I mean, they are where they're supposed to be right now. I mean, it's. But you know, arguments, arguments like that get a little dumb too, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, you know, we're projecting where it's going to be. Like you could throw an asterisk in front of just about every single game. Like, Correct. You know, because, you know, I, I, I kind of bought into the hype a little bit because you got, um, you know, the, the Alabama's loss, um, and then they turn around and just curb stomp Georgia, right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, like, your loss doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. But it still does look bad because you still mm-hmm. lost the game. Like, true, you you did curb stomp Georgia. And, and you know, Georgia isn't the worst team, um, although you made them look like the worst team. Um, but there's so many factors that go into it. You know, yeah. the loss is still the loss. When the polls come out, they, they reflect that, you know. And, and my thought process is on the polling, okay, well, you know, at the end of the day, the tournament's going to be decided by conference champions and then where everybody else lands after that, yeah. right? You know, it's, it's so ironic that you bring that up. And then it was also so ironic, Josh, that you bring up that everybody's like, Kansas is the overall number one seed after they – beat TCU and two days before that they beat Baylor but what most people don't remember is three weeks ago Kansas lost at home by 25 points in that same TCU team you know so that's the whole thing about this whole recency effect of you're just reacting to what just happened 24 hours ago and now all of a sudden we're supposed to forget about what happened then and a lot of this talk could also be because they're defending champions too right yes so Everybody wants the repeat. All the talking heads would love to see a repeat because there hasn't been a repeat since when? Uh, Florida did it in 07 and 08. 07, 08. Look, I'm going to quote. Tim Noah, Al. No, 06, 07. Excuse me. 06, 07. I'm going to quote Nick Saban on the defending national championships thing. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) There is no such thing as a defending national champion. Look. I know I understand Kansas is a good basketball team. And it's too bad Kevin Franz isn't here, so I can go ahead and crap on another one of his teams. Um, maybe he'll hear this later. But if your body of work today isn't what it's supposed to be, then you don't get to. Oh, we're defending national championships. I don't give a crap. You could potentially have turned over your entire team to the NBA, and I'm supposed to magically care about that? Because keep in mind, that's happened. A lot. That, it, true story. I'm glad you mentioned it. They lost 70 percent of the production from last year's championship team. Well, and you look at you look at you know all the big all the big schools: Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. 
every single big school does that. They get yeah. on these these roles, and and the only hope that you can have is that you replace that talent the next season. And oftentimes we see it doesn't happen. No, no. I mean, you're you're exactly right. They have customer service level turnover year in and year out. Oh, so, it's it's probably worse than customer service. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's some straight up McDonald's line cook. Yeah. <laughs> Like not making it out of training class turnover. Right. right. You're not you're not getting out of your shift, boy. <laughs> but but you're 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 exactly right on that. And and so you, you know, when when you hear that all oh, the defending champions and all oh, they just they just won a big game. So and, and you even said it earlier, uh a lot of it is they're projecting because they feel like Kansas is in a better conference and they got all these great you know, opportunities coming up for games. They're they're uh, basically projecting that Kansas at the end of the year should be overall number one as opposed to what it is right now. And I mean, that's fair, but you just have to give the disclaimer for that, right? And absolutely. I mean, and I wouldn't even mind if we had, you know, a top 25 poll that came out that said projected end of season and where you're at now. Because even even all collegiate sports would benefit from that, in my opinion. Because, like, for example, we know that Alabama and Georgia aren't going to be number one and number two at the end of the season. Because they're going to have to play each other mm -hmm. in the last game before the playoffs are decided. Mm -hmm. So it's just ridiculous for us to say, oh, they're the number one and number two teams in the nation. Yeah, they might be the best two, but at the end of the day, they're not going to end up that way. And that's that's not what that poll's for. That poll is to literally project where they're going to be at the end of the season. It's not going to be to project, you know, again, winners and losers. It's it's not for that. It's not to say that, you know, this person plays this person. This is, you know, we're just saying right now, based on this team's wins and this team's losses, this is it. And then we could have a separate poll that projects that. I would you know, love it. I would love you it. know what's, what's, what's so ironic here is uh, over the last five years, the NCAA tournament's finally done, and they, they typically do it, like you said, like the third Saturday of February, like the top 16 bracket reveal, which is what we had this past weekend, where they where the, the committee comes out. Uh, I think they did it before, like the Kentucky and Tennessee game on CBS on Saturday. And they said that if the season ended today, this is – the seeds, and this is where the, the, the top four seeds in each region would be. And, of course, Alabama was the overall number one seed, and Kansas was actually listed as the fourth number one seed or the last number one seed. So, and, and I, I find it ironic that you've got the people like Lenardi and Palm that have gone around, they've thrown out bracketology, my, my December the, the 12th bracketology, you know, and then all of a sudden it looks nothing like what you see from the committee and all of a sudden now all of their brackets are like reformulated to try to fit what the committee just did, which, and, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, you've got them as a three seed today, but like three days ago, they were like a six seed in your bracket. So it's kind of like, you don't have the real credibility that you're saying here now. So. No, it's just a guess. And I mean, you know, like I can I could say what I want to right now, but if, you know, um, if I'm guessing, you know, I think Houston's got a heck of a team. I think they're on a heck of a run right now. You know, like 
I think I'm going to pick Houston over Kansas right now. I mean, now, they don't really have any that opportunities the season? To, to lose Maybe any not. games. Yeah. So right. They're, they're pretty well settled into that one spot. <laughs> Yeah, until they lose, and 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 once they lose, it could all fall apart, and we could be singing a, a, a different song. And and I'm not gonna say, oh well, you said that, and that didn't happen. No, it, I mean, there's a number of things that could happen, right? Two but, two people leave due to injury, that sort of stuff. So, but remember, Drew, uh, we, uh, the, the 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 awesome thing that we have is when I said the uh, the uh, Maryland uh, the, the the UMBC uh, Maryland team had a good shot to beat Virginia as a 16. And I told you that like three or four days before they actually, I didn't necessarily say they were going to win, but I told you that year they have a very good chance. to. Yeah, no, I think the exact words you said were it was a trap game because that team is a 16 seed, but they really should be more like a seven or eight seed, I believe were your words that you used. And um, I remember – like we were all working together at that time yes. when that happened, and uh, I I went to Josh and told him I was like, man, Rod Bradley called that one. Like <laughs> it was it was coming. We knew that was coming, um, you know. And uh, honest to God, I I didn't know anything about the team. I hadn't heard about them. I mean, again, a 16 seed, you know, had like, never beat the one before. Whatever, you know. Let's just watch them get marched out. But nope, you called that one straight out of the gate. Although I will say the the um, three years prior to that, though, God no, it probably had been four or five years prior to that. I don't think anybody had uh, projected VCU to go as far as they did. Um, no, that that one run. Um, I always like to joke with my wife about that one because uh, she's the only one that didn't get uh, the bracket busted. She actually had him out in the uh, sixteen, the mm-hmm. Sweet Sixteen, and uh, which I believe is where they where they got out at. Um, they might have went eight, but I don't think they did. I think they went Sweet Sixteen that season. And um, yeah, like I mean, just them winning just destroyed everybody's brackets or whatever. And uh, it was great because we looked at my wife's bracket and uh, she had actually projected it to the Sweet Sixteen, and we were all making fun of her because we we're like, "Who is this college? Like nobody's even heard of them before. Mm-hmm. Like why would you pick them?" And she she admitted, "Like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm literally just picking, like." Whose mascot could have beat each other in a fight might have been a better choice than how she did it. Like she, she was just picking, and like she's like, I don't know, VC, you sounded good. Like that was literally uh, her thing. And you know what was really funny about that year that they had that final four run and they had to be in the playing game as an eleven. Uh, the selection show was how in the world is VCU in the tournament and not Syracuse? This is this is highway robbery. That's right. what was said. Right before, uh, right after the selection show, that is, and then well, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a big enough of a discrepancy in college basketball. I mean, I shouldn't say that there are big discrepancies in college basketball, but the the last 100 teams, I feel like anybody could win it because I don't, I wouldn't doubt that there would be years that even going as far as saying the NIT winner versus the the main show winner that wouldn't be an exciting game to watch when it comes right down to it I mean, it might even be because... more exciting than some of the finals that we've actually seen yeah because typically you'll get an nit team that wins it that was one of those teams that could have easily been like an eight or nine seed that got hot in the tournament 
and, right. and, and, and have taken anybody down. It just so happened that it happened maybe four games too late that they went on a run, and so they just kind of continued it in the uh, – in the NIT. So, I mean, that you, you're, you're exactly right. That just, that, that totally happens. And, and, and really when you even look at the tournament and, you know, the field of 68, usually there's about one or two teams there that you're splitting hairs between them and maybe two other teams. And that's really it. So nobody can ever really say that, Oh my gosh, this team got screwed. If you're splitting hairs between five teams to, to pick two spots, I mean, it's, I mean, that, that's really it. I mean, we're, we're talking about the last people in, you know, well, so. And, and I think, I think, and that's where I was going to nitpick you today, but I, I couldn't because you, you had everything in the tournament. Um, but the, the thing that I was looking at was the SEC, the middle of the SEC, somebody's going to get left out. Somebody's going to go to the NIT and they're going to have mm-hmm. a good chance of winning it. Right. Correct. Um, and, and it's funny to me because like nobody in the middle of the SEC, so I'm saying middle of the SEC below Alabama, um, Tennessee, Texas A&M, you know, be- below those teams, like none of those teams are going to win the tournament this year. I mean, it would be an act of God for them to win it. Right. Mm-hmm. But in an IT bid, I could see it. And like you said, they get hot there at the end, you know, they get put out of the SEC tournament, get that one, one couple of days of rest or whatever before the NIT starts, they go out and blow everybody away. I could completely see that. Not even, you know, wouldn't even bat an eye at the surprise. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I mean, the likelihood of a lot of the middle of the pack SEC teams like winning the tournament is, is, is not really there. But I do think what we will see, and you heard it here, is when the, those middle of the pack teams leave the, the conference and they're in the tournament, they're going to be those types that are on that six, seven, eight, maybe even nine seed line that have a chance to knock off some of these other teams from like, say the big 10 where it's a top heavy and they're not really as good as everybody thought they were. And you're going to see a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of those uh, sec teams that are middle of the pack. Oh, they went 10 and eight in the conference that end up uh, in the sweet 16 or better. I sort of fear some of the top of the AAC because um, <laughs> you you have Houston up there that's dominating, but then you've got you've got some other other good teams in there that uh, that that like you said the top heavy teams they're going to be rate, rated really really poorly and they're going to go up against a good matchup that's favorable to them. But and that, uh, that's that's exactly what and like everybody. I mean, and this is one of them I say like the eight nines. Like oh, you know, down goes a one seed. Typically, when you get teams anywhere between seven and ten, it's usually one of those uh, major conference teams that underachieved at some point during the year, but they got it together enough to get in. And they're going to go against some some one, two, or three-seeded team that was a team that overachieved to get to where they are. Like like your TCU basically was an overachieving team this year. and But they're, they're going to get exposed in the tournament, like early on. Uh, and that's, that's usually how it happens. Like Georgia did then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so when you're picking after the selection show and you've got your brackets, those are some things you want to look for is you want to look for those underachieving major teams that got a second chance and they're going against a team that 
I'm just using, let's say, like a Marquette type of team. Let's say they went like 25 and 5 or something like that, which, you know, they were picked probably sixth in their conference in the preseason, but they just had kind of a magical year. Say they go against, say they're a three seed and they go against a six seeded Duke. Duke's got a good chance of beating them. As long as they don't have the Virginia referees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the end of right it. now, that's a whole nother day and topic. The uh, this uh, <laughs> officiating, especially uh, for for basketball here right now, but but you're exactly right. So th- those are those are just a lot of the things that that people don't really look at um, as, as far as like when when certain teams get in and they don't. Like I, I know that there's been people over over time it would been like you know well the little guys always getting screwed here and they got left out of the tournament and you know you let this you know, 18 and 12 uh, Virginia Tech team get in. But again, what happens, or, or let's even take UCLA uh, a couple of years ago, they were 11 seed that made the Final Four. They actually knocked Alabama out in the Sweet 16, and it took an undefeated Gonzaga hitting a half-court shot to beat them at the end of the Final Four game. Uh, Jalen Suggs hit. So, but that was a UCLA team that was in a play-in game. I think they may have had a record of like 18 and 13. And everybody's like, well, you just, you you know, well, what happened to 26 and 5 Wofford? Should They have not been in there. But, again, that was a battle-tested team that got in. And guess what? They had underachieved throughout the year. They got it together. And they were good enough to be in the Final Four. And they were uh, a fluke shot away from being in the championship game. So that's the kind of thing that people miss and, and they when you that's that's the type of thing I do when I do those deep dives on, on those resumes now. That was St. a great set, Rod. You're gonna have to come up with a name. Yeah, we definitely will. <laughs> I have you guys help on that too. Brad Latology. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all have you ever been on a call with someone and one of the two of you is trying to wrap up the call and 45 minutes later you're still trying to get off that phone oh yeah it it happens all the time oh yeah all the time that's all the time you just named my brother right there (laughs) you named about like five uh, people I know between family and friends. <laughs> so how does that normally go? So um, with my brother, it depends on how much he's had to drink. Um, if he's calling <laughs> me up during game day on a Saturday, um, I just hope there's a good game coming on next. Because if not, man, I can just put the phone down and walk away. I can just put it down and walk away. Um, if it's on a Sunday, you know, NFL, he's got to, he's got to get up and go to work in the next morning. So he's not, he's not drinking as heavily then. So that, that would be pretty easy to, uh, to get out of. But, uh, yeah, man, you just, you just get it going. You just, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I shut down in the middle of the conversation. I just have to shut down. I love when the person is saying, you know, okay, let me go or, okay, well, I got things to do, and then what do they do next? They bring up another topic. Yes, that's the biggest thing. Oh, my goodness. 
You know, like uh, it, it will be like, I'm, uh, all right, well, I'm about to go. Okay, then. And then like in the middle of that, what you just said, another topic breaks out. And then that's a whole nother 20 minutes of a conversation. And it's, it's something like, oh, major, right? It's like some world event. It's not like Johnny hit a home run at his baseball game yesterday and they won five to three in the bottom of the 12th. You know, it's, oh, did you see the earthquake in Turkey? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's like back of course and I forth, did. back and forth. Yeah, exactly. I'm not dead. Right. Yeah. What- I, I mean, it's just. And the, 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 the terminology that uh, my parents used to use for that is uh, you, you got to pack your lunch when you're talking to certain people, you know, because <laughs> because you already know, like, it's <laughs> it was, it's almost like an SEC football road game. You have to fully be ready to fight it out to get off the phone with them. I mean, it's the same level. And it's so it's it's, it's like. If you're not consistent with your message, all right, got to go ahead and go. All right, but let me let you go. All right, got to go ahead and go here. But like, if you're not doing that, like on a consistent basis, they're gonna they're gonna find the chink in the armor where you, you may say it twice, but then they they hit you with the with with the earthquake, or they hit you with 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 one other thing, and then boom, they've gotten in for another twenty minutes. <laughs> so, what technique have you used that's been the most um, successful, I guess, in being able to get off those calls? Well, one thing that I've, I've really loved to do here is I will actually create an activity for myself, whether I'm outside or it's like noisy at some point where it just kind of just break. Hey, hey, look, uh, as you, you can hear here, I, 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 I'm going to go ahead and take care of this. i got to go. I'll see you later. It's been great talking to you. Boom. Like, like create an activity. Do something that, 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 gives you an opportunity other than if it's if it's like i'm hearing you in the background you've got nothing going on and even though you said that i've got to go uh i can just bring this up and we can just continue to talk so so like find a way to to to, or or bring somebody else in the room you know like you know my kids are loud like all the time anyway and so (laughs) so I've, I've, I've got, I've got a, a terrible story that I'm going to tell tonight. <laughs> is my wife still in here? <laughs> I don't know if she's still in here or not. Cause this is embarrassing, but I got to tell you this cause this has come up and it's public now. Um, uh, so this, this is coming out there cause this is actually in reference to this guy right here. Um, all right. So used to on my way home from work and look, I'm the, I'm the guy that answers every call. Like I answer every call. Like I, I really, I, I used to be that way. Like three years ago, if you called me, I was answering that call. I'm now the guy that like has to set the boundary of look, I'm doing something. So you're going to have to wait a second, but um, I, it didn't matter what I was in the middle of. I'd answer it like, Hey man, I'm doing this. Can I call you back? You know, now I understand you don't have to do that. Well, one day, one day I'm, I'm driving home from work, right? Josh calls me up. I, I'm just, I'm heading home and uh, I took a back road. Um, and, and, and the reason that I took a back road home was cause I really wasn't feeling that well. Like I, I was, I was a little sick to my stomach. Like, I don't know if something I ate for lunch was, was messing with me or something. Well, uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to answer the phone when Josh calls, you know, cause uh, he's going to, he's going to get my, get me off of, my digestive distress and get me through this. 
And, That's comforting um, to know, Josh. It, yeah, Josh is not in the know at all whatsoever. So I'm uh, I'm driving home, and uh, this doesn't end well, by the way. Uh, but this this is my technique. So if y'all ever uh, if y'all ever get this used on you again, y'all will know. Um, I, I'm driving down this back road, and uh, y'all know I live like close to Logan Martin Lake, and uh, there's like a little cutoff road that kind of circles around where you drive across the dam and that kind of stuff. I was going down that road. It's not a road very well trafficked. My thought is if I have to hang up with Josh and just pull off the road, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. And uh, and so I'm uh, I'm driving through here and everything, and Josh is talking. I've got him I've got him riled up. He's on a roll. He's on a roll. He's on a roll. He's talking. He's talking. I haven't said a word in probably five minutes at this point. <laughs> Um, because I'm like, I'm crying. I'm in pain. I'm like, oh, I'm man. about to die here. I mean, cold sweat and everything. Is <laughs> it's rough. And it was it was like this time of year where it was a little warm out, but before the time change and everything, I'm setting the scene for you guys. Um, it's it's dark while we're driving home, is my my point. And um <laughs> I'm just like just just bust out of nowhere he's he's mid-stride in his conversation i just bust out hey josh josh i, I went down that back road and I'm, I'm about to lose my signal so uh let me let me hop off here i'll, I'll talk to you a little bit later <laughs> and he's like he's like okay okay i end the button i mean i, I push the button i never push the button here I, I always like hit it here or i hit up the, up the phone and hit it like i'm not safe driving I, but i literally hands-free button I promise you my butt was not sitting in my car seat when I'm driving at this point. I'm in pain, right? I'm about to die here. I'm like three miles away from my house. And spoiler alert, I don't actually lose my signal on that road. Um, I just I just couldn't anymore. I pulled right off and I'm not going to get graphic, but there was work to be done. And it was done. Right you lost your signal. I did. I lost my signal. There was nobody. That's what we're calling it now. Unless they had blue lights, it was it was not happening. That's just that's just what happened. I don't even know if I called you back after that, Josh. I really don't. You still could be waiting for my return call to this day because I had to walk into my house knowing what I had just done on the side of the road, and I'm just like, look, this is what happened. I'm talking to Josh. And and here's here's the story. Here's where it lined up. <laughs> now I live here. This is permanent. I was living in a rental then. This is my permanent home now. And uh, I drive by that spot frequently. Occasionally, I tell that story to the kids. So here it Listen, is. But uh, listeners, losing your signal is not a metaphor. Form. I'm about to lose my signal, Josh. I'm going to flip signal. that bad boy to airplane mode if I have to. That way you look down and it says call failed. It doesn't say Andrew hung up. It says call failed. That's a trick. If you got an iPhone, just flip it to airplane mode. They'll think your phone's messed up. They don't realize that you didn't actually lose your signal. Yeah. You can just always stick with that was a metaphor. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Browns at the Super Bowl. Dropping the kids off at the pool. Something like that. I'm losing the signal signal. now. Now losing the signal. Yep. (laughs) All the same. What in the same? If my wife is watching right now, I'm sure I've never been more attractive to her um, than this particular moment. She is probably just 
so happy, especially because yeah, people from my church right now. follow me on Which TikTok. One? And she's sitting down. She's like sliding in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can we get some face palm emojis up right now to, 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 to represent <laughs> you, Amber? Wow. You didn't know this was going there, but you, you, you talked about it and it reminded me of that story. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. I think that's the best way to get off the phone right now. And so we all got to say, hey, look, we're losing the signal. I'm losing the signal. <laughs> <laughs> and that can go that can go more than one way now so there you go that's right i i, I mean everybody here can can vote on that comment on that and see if, if uh, that works for them too that's <laughs> everybody's uh every by the way that story there was about 150 people that dropped in for that story we went up from like 500 to um 639 between checks on total views (laughs) but only five are left drew so don't be too excited yeah yeah (laughs) they're done after that story hey i mean like we could almost title this episode don't lose the signal (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're, wow we're gonna see who makes it to the end by the way coke and pepsi tied i don't know if y'all saw in the poll or even care at this point i think the the, the show's ruined now <laughs> <laughs> no i think this has been purely entertaining at this point <laughs> Josh is like, do not upload this this to anywhere. This just, I mean, that part gets edited out. I mean, if 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 me and Crago, who are with you, didn't expect that, that was surely an unexpected one for for all of the listeners. <laughs> well, the, and I'm sure it kept some people around. <laughs> the best part is, I was on the phone with Josh. That's the best part. <laughs> That's the greatest part of this whole story. Is that literally out of all the people that I talked to on my ride home? Because it's not like me and Josh talked every single day on a ride's home. Like, how was your day? Like, even even like me and Josh, we've literally went a year without talking to each other before. Like, that's the thing that's happened. But that's who I was on the phone with. Of all the people to lose a signal with. Yep. <laughs> Going through a bad spot. I promise I was in a bad spot. I really was. Yeah, it was definitely a rough bet. Andrew has definitely let the cat out of the bag. That uh, yeah. our podcast is not. I mean, like bad. literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is our podcast not, Josh? What is it? What is it not? Well, we ha- we definitely have an outline where we spend about 20 minutes determining what we're going to talk about, what the yeah, this is the life part. Be. And uh, then after that, it's just ad lib, pretty much. Yeah, hey, this is the life part right here, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't even know what to say. You know, to <laughs> say what my tactic was after you, I, I just couldn't follow it. There was no hey, fear. so Rod, how do you get off the phone with people? <laughs> I, I mean, like it's just hard. It's just well, I, I use mine right there from from earlier, but but after that, I mean, like you know, that's 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 obviously the 
that wins the day at this point. <laughs> the, the best Losing part the about signal. this is we'll come up with a topic to talk about. And the topic <laughs> that we talk about isn't the topic that we end up talking about. And this one is such a far miss. Like, I had this really sweet story to tell about my mom, you know, who's kind of up there in age. When me and Josh talked about this yesterday, we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about this. And, you know, we're going to talk about I'm like, yeah, my mom's got a funny shtick when she's on the phone. And I told him that. And he's like, yeah, that's good. And it's all lighthearted. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what came to me. Maybe it's the fact that I've been up since four o'clock this morning. But hey, Josh, you remember that time I was on the phone? Oh, wait, no, you didn't know because I had a bad signal. (laughs) You definitely did. Oh, man. Wow. All right. So is it time to answer some trivia questions? Let's yeah. answer the trivia questions. Well, we got one indirectly answered right there. So now, Josh, you know what happened on that call. Yep. <laughs> you were wondering, where was Andrew when he lost signal? Where Where does Verizon have a bad signal in Cropwell, Alabama? It doesn't, Josh. doesn't at all. <laughs> Four bars all the way. Actually, I only have two bars now, but whatever. Yeah, you literally dropped the call. Yep. (laughs) All right. So, Uncle Joe's trivia. Here are the answers. I know you've been waiting with bated breath, but here we go. So, I'm going to repeat the question one more time for the viewers that are coming in and out of TikTok. The first question was, as we all know, Mac McClung participated in the dunk contest and was he or was he not really a Philadelphia 76er or was it just so he could participate in the in the dunk contest so it got me thinking how many players have participated in all-star weekend in this case for this question the three-point contest there are two players that have ever participated in the three-point contest without being under contract with an NBA team. Name those two players. So the first answer is Craig Hodges. In 1993, Craig Hodges participated in the three-point contest as a defending champion. Isn't that right, Rod? After winning in 91 and 92. Actually, in 90, 91 and 92. He he repeated too. He was a bull that three-peated before the Bulls three-peated for real. That's exactly right. Yeah, so so he was going for his fourth straight title. Okay, okay. So that's why he was able to participate. And the second one is a guy by the name of Remus Kurtonitis, yeah. who was a Russian basketball player. who was Lithuanian. Lithuanian. That's right, Lithuanian, yes. Um, he played on the Russian national team. Mm-hmm. I read that. So that must have been when it was still the USSR, I guess. Um, yeah, it was. Because yeah. it was in 88. Oh, wow. 89. Yeah, he participated yeah. in 89. Yeah, 88, 89 season. Yeah, I had yeah. nothing from that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. So those those were the two. The second question was, we know that uh, Kevin Herter had a really rough night at the three-point stripe in, in the three-point contest Saturday night. He actually only had eight points yeah, in his bad. round. But that's not the worst. Who scored less points 
than Kevin Herter in the three-point contest. This would be good. This three-point contest was in 1990. Mm. And it and was just none. for the record, that year I only scored five less points than the, the lowest scorer. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> exactly right. That was none other than Michael Jordan. Yes. Has the record for the least amount of points in a three-point contest round. Here's to me the funnest fact about that. He scored this many, and I was also this many at that point in time. <laughs> That's the... And, and, and go figure, the GOAT is the one that has the low light for the three-point shooting contest. That's right. Like, so, I mean, it's almost blasphemous to say anything bad about Michael Jordan at this point. Like, he never missed a shot. I mean, he never, you know, like, so just even knowing that, like, that's just, that's probably shaking some people up right now. So if you're listening, LeBron, you're the top scorer in the NBA. Now you can participate in the dunk contest. And even if you're awful, you're still able to compete with Jordan in something. Yeah. Or even if you decide to shoot threes and let's say you get like four or five, at least you're still being compared to the, the goat and something. That's right. Exactly. No doubt. That would be good fun. LeBron go out there and just score like a one, you know, just <laughs> straight up, just nothing. I don't know, man. That, that NBA all-star game. Wow. LeBron hit like a 35-footer. I think that's he the did, first yeah. point scored for his team. And Tatum hitting everything. Lillard hitting from half court. Oh, my goodness. Like just all – I mean, like Lillard was just consistently hitting from half court. You know, like I get it. It's your job to, to you know, be good at basketball. But there is a unique talent to be able to hit those half court shots like that. Like, yeah, like anybody can get lucky in the paint. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. anybody can get. In fact, you could just be fat enough to score from the paint. Right. <laughs> you know, like me coming, coming down there. I'm just going to give it up to you. I'm 38 years old. If you're coming down there and you weigh over 250, I'm getting out of your way. Like, I don't even care. There's no <laughs> defense here. I'm too old for that nonsense. But a half court shot. Like you don't just accidentally get those. You gotta you gotta practice that. And what was really crazy about Dame on a couple of those, like he let the ball go half court, and then just just is almost about to turn around because he knows it's going in, like coming off his hands, and he's shooting them like jump shots. You <laughs> see the guy that wins the tuition for ten thousand dollars, and he's putting everything into it. Like he's literally just launching himself. He almost launches himself with the ball. He's about to be rolling on the ground from, from projecting himself to make that shot. Dame shoots it just with a snap of the wrist. Right. Right. It's just just going in. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you win the tuition contest, you know, you got lucky. But yep. And that guy threw himself on the floor with the ball being launched. <laughs> right. That's that's what's impressive to me about that. I just can't wait until that's what it is. Like that's what the NBA becomes. We no longer even get close. Like it's just yeah. we're just we're just gonna shoot. <laughs> we got the ball. We're gonna shoot it. Yeah, I'll show you defense. I'll shoot where you don't defend. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because it's kind of that way now. There's the NBA is not known for defense anymore. For no, sure, no. it's not known for defense. So you know. 
Oh, you're going to do a half court press? Yeah, we'll shoot it from the other side of the line. How about that? Yeah, can't defend that, can you? Hence, I mean, it it really is going that way. Like, my daughter just pulls up just inside the half court line for fun at the end of her practices, or if we're just like at the Y or something like that. And she'll just shoot them like, like a shot. Hence, another reason about your defense, def- lack of defense in the NBA today. Just another reason why we can't compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James. No. Michael Jordan was getting clotheslined across the middle when he would go up on Bill Lambeer, John Sally, or Rick Mahorn, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, you know, these guys. And LeBron fakes like he got hit. Yeah. Like, like for our listeners right now, because, I mean, obviously we're in that TikTok generation. If you haven't already watched the movie Above the Rim, right? Look at what happens when they go in the paint in that movie. Like, you're getting clotheslined, you're getting punched in the face, that type of thing. Like, that's Michael Jordan's league as far as, like, that. I mean, pretty much that was the Detroit Pistons, okay? That's right. (laughs) I mean, you know, and like you just said, today it's, I mean, you just breathe on them and, 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 you know, fake. and, And so, yeah, that movie is a good representation of what the NBA used to be. Definitely. Well, I, I get to grow up in the generation of that transition, that weird, um, weird transition. I went to a basketball camp that was uh, coached by uh, you know, a local legend, Dan Reball. He was the coach at the um, Birmingham Southern. And to this day, I still remember like, you know, the, the defensive drills that were drilled into me, you know, like <laughs> uh, knees bent, tail down, head and shoulders straight. You know, like, you know, that kind of stuff, like, you know, it's just just drilled into you. Right. And like, I remember going into high school and I was playing a guy a little bit older than me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was always a very good defensive player. I was never a shooter. Just couldn't do it. Just Mm -hmm. not coordinated, I guess. I don't know. Um, and, And like, I felt like I fouled the crap out of him. And if I was playing with guys my age, that's what it would have been like. Foul, foul, foul. Let me take it to the line. You know, but this guy was like, man, you're one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I felt the crap out of you. Like, I hope <laughs> didn't kill you. Like, that's <laughs> – I was using – yeah, I, for, for people that don't know, I'm 6'2". He was like 5'8". I was <laughs> not letting him get anywhere on me, you know. I wasn't a heavy guy, but I was not letting him – he wasn't getting anywhere. I could reach around him. I could bear hug him if I wanted to. But – but yeah, like that was, you know, that was the thing. Like, you know, and even my brothers, you know, all my brothers are older than me. Playing with them, like, you know, nobody, nobody called foul. Like, if it if it wasn't blood, like, no blood, no foul, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that that NBA first team to ninety wins. <laughs> you know, now it's like the first team to one thirty five, maybe <laughs> wins. Yeah, nobody called fouls in those pickup games until when game point. Yep. Point, right. Everything was called that that's point. right. <laughs> Dude, my nose points to a different direction because of, of basketball. And <laughs> and I did not get the foul, by the way. <laughs> Dude broke my nose and I didn't get the foul. Yeah. Ouch. Man. All right. Well, uh I think this is it, Drew. I think we're ready for you to sign us off, man. <laughs> I don't think I will do that because I never sign us off. See, this is this is I'm just gonna have to lose my signal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rod, close us out, man. 
Man, you know how we do it, man. It's not a, uh, it, it ain't no closeout without a closeout from Josh MC Craig Go. <laughs> all right, all right. I can't put it on our guest last week, Patrick Hape, which was awesome to have him on. And we'll be having guests on in the future. But uh, now things are a little bit different because our guests have to have a thousand followers on TikTok. So if we're not on TikTok, you'll be able to find us on Facebook Live at 8.30 Central most uh, Tuesday night. No, Monday nights. Monday nights. Mm -hmm. We're Tuesday because of the holiday. Um, what so about this? I've not discussed this with you guys, but what about if you want to be our guest, follow us at Culture of Spliff and send us a message. If you have yes, over exactly. a thousand followers on TikTok, you can be the guest on our show. There, there you go. go. There you go. Absolutely. You get shouted out. You get a chance to to uh, to get great exposure. That's right. And check us out on our Facebook page of how our interview went with a uh, former Alabama tight end slash fullback and uh, also eight year NFL veteran. We're not about interviewing people. We're about them being part of our show. So like Drew Absolutely. said, you have a follower, send us a message. We'll invite you on. You'll be part of the show. And uh, we'll find something interesting to talk about. We always do. So um, I, we're going to have a lot, of, a lot of cool guests coming up. We're, uh, we're a new podcast. So give us a follow on, uh, as Drew said at the beginning of the show, many of the different outlets that are available, being Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're Culture of Splife in all those areas. Uh, YouTube Shorts as well. So uh, we hope you enjoyed tonight's show. We'll be on every week going forward. We're not just a, a football podcast, a college basketball podcast. We're in everything sports and funny things in life. Not too strong, not, you know, not the difficult things that are going on in our world. We're just here to laugh, have a good time, and uh, hopefully you all have fun with us too. So until next week. We'll see you there. He's out.